Welcome to Women of the Military podcast. This is a girl's guide to the military series. This series is sponsored by Women Veteran Alliance, and it's week two, and we're talking all about military disqualifications. I wanted to focus on military disqualifications second after why, because it's the next step in the process of joining the military and knowing what the military disqualifications are can help you be prepared for knowing that you may not qualify for the military, along with helping you prepare to get a waiver or find out what you need to do so that you can qualify to serve in the military. Most often when people think about military disqualifications, they think of medical disqualification, but that's only one aspect of why people are not eligible to serve in the military. So we're going to talk about a few of the other reasons people can't serve. And I also did an interview with Tess Robinson, who was in the process of joining the military through the Reserve Officer Training Corps program, ROTC, and how her career in the military ended when a medical diagnosis came up in the process and how she worked to get a waiver and how unfortunately it wasn't able to work out, but she shares her experience and what she took away from serving in the military through ROTC and what she's doing today. So I really hope you learn something about what you need to know when joining the military, and also you can learn and enjoy Tess's story. So before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll get started with this episode. Thank you to our title sponsor, Women Veteran Alliance. Women Veteran Alliance is the premier national network focused on directly impacting the quality of life of women veterans. They do this successfully through transforming the way the community networks bring people and programs directly together. Women Veteran Alliance provides weekly webinars, conferences, scholarships for veteran businesses, and more. Check out their membership options and learn how you can be involved in connecting with women veterans by heading over to their website at www.womenveteransalliance.org. But besides connecting women veterans, Women Veteran Alliance does so much more. Each year, Women Veterans Alliance hosts the Women Veterans Boots and Ball Gowns Gala to support women veterans giving. This year's event will be held Friday, October 14, 2022. This year, they will also be presenting the Beyond the Call of Duty Award in honor of Sergeant Nicole Gee, who died serving in Afghanistan during the evacuation in the summer of 2021. You can learn more about the Boots and Ball Gowns Gala at www.womenveteransgiving.org. Women of the Military Podcast would also like to thank Garrett Sorensen with Markham Wealth for sponsoring this week's episode. Garrett is an Army veteran and a certified financial planner that specializes in helping military families and veterans with their investing, savings, and planning needs. If you are getting ready for a PCS move, retiring, or transitioning to a civilian career, or just need help with making decisions about the SBP or the TSP, Garrett and his team will help you accomplish your goals. So if you're looking to have your current financial plan reviewed, need an update, or would like to start your financial plan, you can email Garrett at garrett.sorenston at markhamwealth.com. The email is in the show notes, or you can head over to www.markhamwealth.com. Be sure to mention Women of the Military podcast when you get in touch with Garrett to receive your complimentary financial plan today. Don't forget to head over to www.marcumwealth.com today. 
As I mentioned in the intro, medical is the first thing people think of when you start talking about military disqualifications, most commonly. But there are other things, and the thing that I want to talk about first when it comes to military disqualifications is education. Everyone who joins the military, officer or enlisted, has to take a military test. Most enlisted people will take the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery, commonly referred to as the ASVAB. The ASVAB is a series of tests that measures developed abilities and helps predict future academic and occupational success in the military. The various tests will give a number score that the branches will use not only to see if you are qualified because there is a minimum test score to serve in the military, but also what jobs are available to you because based on the score you get on the test will help determine what jobs you can qualify for when you serve in the military. And if you don't get a high enough score, there are certain jobs that you cannot qualify for. Even if you pass the ASVAB with the minimum score to serve in the military, that doesn't mean that you are on your way to doing whatever you want to do in the military. There's more to it and it's more complicated than that. So that's why it's really important to take time to do your research about what the ASVAB is, what tests there are, and how you can prepare best. The best way to prepare is to get a good night's sleep and just to relax. Because it's such a big test, it's hard to really study for but it is possible to sharpen up your skills and spend some time studying to help you prepare. If you are serving as an officer, you will also have to take a test, but there are many different tests and it depends on what officer program you're doing, what branch you're serving in, but there will be a test that has a minimum score requirement to serve in the military and sometimes your score for that particular test will also determine what career field you can do. Since I'm Air Force, I know that you get a pilot and navigator score when you take the Air Force officer qualifying test, and that score is used in calculating, along with other things, to determine if you will get the career field of pilot or navigator. And so there are a bunch of other different career fields that have different requirements and scores and things that you need to be aware of. So make sure you talk to your recruiter or your officer program instructor to learn what you need to do so that you can be prepared to do whatever job it is you want to do in the military. The last thing I want to say about these tests is that the military lets you retake these tests one time, but your final results are the results you move forward with. So it's not the highest of two scores, it's whatever your last test score is. So sometimes recruiters recommend not retaking this test because you can get a lower score the second time. And so it's really important that you take the first time seriously and to do your best because the military kind of has crazy rules when it comes to how to do the testing. And so that's all I wanted to say about educational tests and what the tests are in the military. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. So if you want to know more, I've provided a link in the show notes to learn more about the ASVAB. And you can also pre-order my book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service, which talks a little bit more about the different testing requirements to serve in the military. The next thing that we're going to talk about is probably why you clicked on this podcast episode, which is medical disqualification. The most common military disqualification is medical issues, and there are a lot of medical disqualifications, and I'm not going to list them all, but I will provide a link in the show notes where you can learn more about what the different medical disqualifications are. 
The other complexity that comes with medical disqualifications is that sometimes you won't be initially disqualified based on something being flagged in your medical record, but you will have to get a waiver and the waiver process can be challenging, take a long time, and sometimes you don't know what the results are going to be. So if you want to learn more about the MEPS process and hear about someone who has went through MEPS and talked about her experience right before she joined the Air Force, you can hear episode 34, which is Mariah Hammond, and she shared her experience of what it was like to go through MEPS and the different challenges she faced and the delays that she had for a kidney stone, having to wait a year before she could go to MEPS, and then having another waiver that needed to be processed and what the challenge of that experience was like. And it would be remiss of me to not talk about pregnancy because that is a medical disqualification for joining the military. You can have kids when you serve in the military, but you cannot go through your basic training while being pregnant. So the at MEPS, they will do a pregnancy test to ensure that you are not pregnant. It is something that they will prevent you from joining at the current time if you are pregnant and you will have to wait a certain amount of time based on the branches rules and regulations on when you can go to training once you have had your baby and are ready to join the military. So there's been a lot of changes with dependents over the years, not really in recent years, but it is something to talk about, about how childbirth is something that can affect you in the process of joining the military and really just push your timeline back on when you can join. And if you want to learn more about MEPS, I also did a video on YouTube, which I'll link to in the show notes that can walk you through the process of what it's like to go to MEPS and some of the questions that you may have about the MEPS process, which MEPS is the military entrance processing station, and it's where you go to get your military medical physical along with the other screening that is done there. And they have different MEPS locations across the nation and your recruiter will help you figure out where you need to go and how to get all that set up so you don't have to worry about that. But it is nice to know a little bit about what it's like to go through the MEP screening process and what to expect so that you can be prepared for it. And since we're talking about military medical disqualifications, I want to stop the disqualification section of this episode and talk to Tess about her experience of joining the ROTC program and what getting medically disqualified out of the military was like for her. So let's hear her story and then we'll come back at the end and talk about other disqualifications. And if you want to jump ahead and you just want to know what the military disqualifications are, go to timestamp. I'm not sure what it is yet. And you can keep going through this episode. Welcome to the show, Tess. I'm excited to talk to you and hear a little bit about your story and your experience of joining ROTC. So let's start with why did you decide to join ROTC? So, um, Amanda, I don't really come from a military family, but um, my neighbor was a huge inspiration of mine growing up. He enlisted in the Air Force and he loved it. And um, my parents don't come from America. So for me, I felt like this was kind of like giving back to my country. But he was really a huge inspiration and he kind of just like led me throughout my process of joining ROTC. When did your parents immigrate to America? Was that before you were born or did you immigrate with them? 
Um, so that was before I was born. My mom, I don't know the exact dates, but she was born and raised in France, then moved to Canada and then came to the States. And then my father, um, born and raised in England and then moved to Nashville to do his postdoc at Vanderbilt and then kind of moved around um, the States back to Canada. That's where they met. And then and then I came about. That's really cool to hear about how your past history drew you to the military, even though it wasn't military related, it still has an interesting perspective. And then you said that your neighbor enlisted in the Air Force, right? Right. Yep. And then is he the one who told you about ROTC or how did you learn out about ROTC? So funny story, we were actually on vacation in France and we're sitting at the dinner table and he was like, Tess, you really should think about like ROTC. And I was like, I don't know what that is, Rob. Like no idea what you're talking about. Because I wanted to enlist starting out. But then I realized I really wanted to go to nursing school or do something in the medical field. So I figured, you know what, if he thinks this is like an amazing opportunity, might as well jump into it. So um, I talked to my guidance counselor in high school. They had absolutely no idea how to help me. So I was kind of like going in totally blind, but I pulled teeth and figured it out. And I ended up getting in contact with somebody that helped me apply for the um, in high school scholarship, which was really nice. Um, and that's actually how I ended up here at UMass Lowell. So you went to your guidance counselor for help and they were like, yeah, we don't really know how to help you. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think they had anybody ever go through ROTC. Everybody would either do college route, go straight into the workforce or enlist. And when I told her, yeah, I want to like, I think I want to become an officer. She was like, okay, um, I can't help you. And I was like, okay, that's great. We'll figure it out. That kind of gives me more drive and inspiration to do this series because I didn't grow up in a military family and I kind of learned about military by chance. And now I'm in the military community so heavily that like everything around me is military. And so I forget that like most of the country is not military connected and there is such a need for all these resources because people just don't know because they haven't experienced it. Yeah, exactly. So you joined ROTC, got a scholarship, and that's how you ended up at the university you're at? Is that how it worked? Right. So I um, applied for this high school scholarship knowing I probably wasn't going to get it again. I really was last minute. I barely could pass my PFA for this thing. So it was it was, it was was quite a train wreck. But I ended up having to interview um, at a local university, and they had picked UMass Lowell for me. And that was on my list, but I wasn't super keen on coming. I was like, oh, well, we'll see where it takes me. Um, and I met with Lieutenant Colonel Patel, and... I loved it. He was like, I know the interview was like the was the interview was for the scholarship, but he talked to me about the resources they have and the opportunities they have. And I was absolutely blown away. And we finished the interview. I shook his hand. I walked out, ran to the car, screamed to my mom. Oh my God, that was awesome. And then like four days later, I get an email that he wanted to offer me a room and board scholarship. And I was not going to turn down up to $12,000. So I told him, yep, I'll take it. And that's how I ended up here. That's really cool that you got the scholarship and that you had such a positive experience that you were like, yes, this is where I'm going to go. And so you did your first year of ROTC, right? Is that how it worked? And then you ran into medical issues along the way. So can we talk about what happened and how you found out about the medical disqualification? Yeah, so um, I completed my first year, um, my first freshman year in ROTC. I was top of the class. I had received a um, commander scholarship at our award ceremony. So I was like 
super, super excited, super happy, um, motivated to go into the summer and train and review my warrior knowledge and get ready for that really tough 200 year. And I was in France on vacation, visiting my family. And I started feeling pain in my stomach. And I was like, Oh, boy, is that like appendicitis? I really don't know. It got so bad. I ended up going to the ER. Um, They ran a bunch of tests. And they found um, an ovarian cyst on my right ovary. And it wasn't anything too significant. It was about like, I want to say two inches um, on my ovary, which is a lot, but it wasn't too, too much. They gave me meds. I came home to the States. I got another ultrasound done just to check, make sure everything was okay. And unfortunately, it had grown um, up to like three inches. Um, and at this point, it was pushing on my stomach, my everything in there, it was pushing on. So I was in like excruciating pain. Um, and this was like a week before school started. And one day I could not get out of bed. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't eat. I felt like total crap. So I was like crying to my parents, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. So I got a surgical um, reference to see a wonderful surgeon um, in my town. And I remember like, I, I like struggling so much to get up on this table so he could examine me and And he was like, okay, so it looks like it's even bigger than it was on the ultrasound. Here are your options, surgery or we wait. And I had been waiting a month since I went to the ER in France. And um, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't go to the bathroom and I can't get up on this table. This is this is ridiculous. He's like, nope, I agree. He signed off two days later. I was in surgery. And yeah, and they diagnosed me with endometriosis, which is really the the pivotal point in why I disqualified. Um, Because the surgery itself isn't disqualifying. They took out a huge cyst on my right ovary, but um, I was disqualified for um, systematic endometriosis, which was really frustrating. But yeah. And even though, when did it happen? At the end of last year, right? School started like September 1st. It was a Wednesday and I had surgery the Friday before that. And I was actually GMCA, which is um, General Military Course Advisor for the incoming class. And I had to do a speech on that Friday. It was like at NSOC, which is like your intro to ROTC for the freshmen. And I remember I had to send an email to the entire wing and I was like, to the entire like um, upper staff. And I was like, I am so sorry, but I am literally on my way to the hospital to get surgery. Um, so that was kind of the, the the pivotal point, like the start of where everything kind of started going downhill with my medical, my health and just like everything ROTC related. And you said that the cyst wasn't really the problem, but it led to the diagnosis that ended up being the problem that led to you being disqualified from the military. Right. So the cyst was just this big lump. My friends actually like joke and call me grapefruit because it was the size, not exactly the size of a grapefruit, but you know, the, it was a large, it was a large cyst. Um, they took that out. It was supposed to be an easy routine procedure. And then they found endometriosis lesions all in my abdomen. And I knew nothing. I woke up from an anesthesia crying my eyes out because I was hopped up on all the pain meds. And the surgeon comes in and tells me I have endometriosis. And I was like, ooh, like so scary. Like it's fine. And then it wasn't fine because that's a disqualifying factor for ROTC cadets. And your cadre really believed in you and they tried to help get a waiver pushed through. And so what was that process like of like pain and the balance where you knew that you had this medical issue that is disqualification, but then you also had the support of your cadre doing everything that they could to try and push it through? Yeah. So my cadre, I mean, Detachment 345, shout out to them. Um, they have they have supported me in everything and they still support me now, even though I'm not in the program anymore. But they were like 
Cadet Robinson, we want you to get better. That is your number one priority right now. Put ROTC on the back burner. Um, I didn't go to PT. I wasn't there at many of the lead labs at the beginning. And they really supported me. And I knew that I had to go through um, a waiver process because I went through one last semester, but I had gotten it right before the award ceremony, which was a huge relief. So I kind of was familiar. You submit a bunch of paperwork, you send them pictures, you send them a bunch of stuff, and then they review it and they come back and they say, you're in, you're out. And typically the waiver process, they say that it's like waiverable or non-waiverable. But when you submit your package of like a new medical issue. And because I was not contracted at the time, because I had not passed my PFA yet, since I had gotten that commander scholarship, if I had been contracted, I would have been fine because my medical, all my medical like package would have been kind of like sealed and I would have been really contracted to the Air Force. But since I had never contracted, my package was kind of like swaying in the wind and they weren't really sure. Like, I could still get in a severe accident and that could completely disqualify me. So I was in a very vulnerable position and um, they ended up submitting like my package to go through. And I remember I got an email very vague from Lieutenant Colonel Patel and he was like, Cadet Robinson, I need to speak to you. And I'm a very optimistic person. So I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Like he just wants to talk to me about something. And I went to his office and he like... he doesn't show a lot of emotion, but you could see the sadness in his eyes because he was like, Cadet Robinson, there's nothing I can do. We've tried and they've said this is unwaverable because it's symptomatic. Yeah, that must have been really hard because your mom sent me an email as it was happening and uh, she told me your story and sent me pictures and I was just like, I, I felt so bad for you, but I also was so proud of you because of everything that you had accomplished in ROTC and I know that like the door for the military closed, but you're still going to school to be a nurse and you still have so many more opportunities in front of you that I think you can take the leadership experiences that you learned from the military and use them for the rest of your life. So it's it's sad, but I also hope that you can one day look back at it and see like the positives that you see. Yeah, I definitely um, I definitely don't regret joining ROTC. It was probably it was it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, even though it ended up with a disqualification. I'm, I'm very happy with with my decision. Well, I want to ask more about ROTC. And you said that you're really glad that you joined. And what would you say like the biggest takeaway that you can think of like in your life today that you learned from ROTC? Um, that's a really tough question because there's so much. But I really think that um, the big thing was leadership and not just in the sense of, oh, I'm the leader. Oh, I'm I'm in charge. I'm the boss. But it's like working with a team, having that confidence to do what you believe in and, and working towards this goal. And I think ROTC really grounds you as a person. And I see it in the nursing field now. I had a lab last week. And I was sitting there and I was frustrating myself because I'm sitting there and I'm like, these people don't have this like this path or this order of how to lead. And there's no perfect recipe for leadership. But I think ROTC has those a way of instilling these fundamentals in you as a human to work through problems. And yes, you fail. And geez, man, I got, I got kicked out of the military. That is, that's some failure right there. But I took that, took the things I learned in ROTC and I ran with it and I've, I've never been happier. Yeah, that's true. I, there's so many great things that you learn from ROTC and especially hearing your story of not commissioning because, you know, if you commission and you use what the ROTC for the military, it's kind of like goes hand in hand, but it's really cool to hear you talk about 
how you gain stuff from ROTC and how you can already see how you can use that in your life today. And you're still in college and you have so much more life to live. Exactly. Yep. So what do you have planned next for the future? You're going to continue going to school and be a nurse. Is that what you have planned or do you have something else up your sleeve? Yeah, so I am, um, I'm a second semester sophomore here at UMass Lowell. Um, I'm in the nursing program. I plan to stay in it um, until I graduate, um, hopefully get my NCLEX. And then from there, I, I don't really know. I have a lot of ambitions. Um, I love to travel. My parents, they're a huge inspiration of mine, but they, they really made um, the number one priority for us growing up was like experiences and, and going through things. Um, so I really hope to travel and there is a career called travel nursing that allows you to travel and to be a nurse. So um, I'm considering that. I also really love the critical care aspect of nursing. Um, so flight nursing is is the ultimate goal, but I know that's a very a very tough career to get into. But I don't, I don't really know. I don't really have an answer to your question because I have there's just so many options and so many doors open. Yeah, that's showing your optimistic attitude and and the fact that you're so young and you still have two two and a half years ish until you graduate. So you still have a lot of time to figure it out. I really enjoy getting to talk to you and hear your story and just to make it, I guess, make it so that people know that like, some people want to join the military. And the reason that they can't join is because of medical issue. And that's nothing that you can do to stop that. It's a medical issue. It's a problem. And it it doesn't mean that you can't learn from your experience in ROTC or even in your path to the military if you're enlisting and then get disqualified. So I just wanted to share your story so that people could hear from someone who had gone through that and know that they're not alone. Right. It's very important. People people need a lot of backup plans in life. And I think that society now, it's like, oh, well, I have this goal. And yes, I can go for that goal. But people are scared of failure. And that's like the number one thing is you can't be scared to fail because Life is tough and you're going to fail regardless of what you try. And I think that because of the things I learned in ROTC, that's why I was able to cope with this so well and in such a productive way. Yeah. Yeah. You sound so much older than your years of being alive. I was like, wow, this is wisdom. You're so young and you know so much. So my last question that I ask all my guests and what advice would you give to someone who is considering joining the military? So I think I kind of touched on it, but it's um, get rid of that fear of failure. Um, you have to have confidence in yourself. Um, you have to learn from the mistakes you make. And I think you just have to you just have to go for it. If you if you want to be whatever you want to be, do it. If and you have to you have to do things now that your future self is going to is going to thank you for. You have to be willing to do those risks, stay up late, study, just do whatever you can to make yourself happy. Because in, in life, like I said before, life is hard. And really, it's it's you and, and your friends and your family. So do things that make you happy. Yeah, I think that kind of covers it. Be happy and, and don't be scared to fail. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and for um, and for listening to the podcast. I love that your mom found the podcast and listened to the stories. And that's how we got connected. So that's really yeah, no problem. I had so much fun. And your podcast is really an inspiration. And I hope more people listen to it because it's, it's inspiring. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Tess and you were able to learn a little bit more about her experience and take away that just because you can't serve in the military doesn't mean that it's that there aren't other ways that you can continue to serve your community. So lastly, let's talk about 
the other disqualifications, and most of them fall under drugs or criminal activity. So if you test positive for marijuana or any other drug during your medical evaluation, you will be disqualified. And you also use a breathalyzer, and that is another thing that can disqualify you from service. The military also does a background check, and they check your criminal record. And while having a criminal record is not a guaranteed disqualification, it may require a waiver, and it may prevent you from serving in certain jobs or serving in the branch that you want to serve in. So make sure that you talk to your recruiter and let them know about anything that may be in your past that you need to disclose to them because another disqualification is lying on form. So make sure that you fill out everything accurately. Make sure to tell your recruiter about things that are in both your medical and your personal records so that they can be aware of them and start working the process of a waiver or to let you know that you may not be eligible to serve. There are also some limitations based on your age, prior service, and other random situations. So I have a link in the show notes that can give you more information about what those disqualifications are and if they may affect you. Check out the links in the show notes and head over to my website to learn more. And then next week, we're going to be talking about basic training. And so if you are in the process of joining or thinking about joining and you're a little afraid or just want to learn more about what basic training is like, we're going to start talking about basic training next week and helping you prepare so that you can have a successful military career. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. I really hope that it helped you in your journey to the military. And if you want to learn more about joining the military, please check out my new book, A Girl's Guide to Military Service. And I'll have a link so you can pre-order in the show notes. And I also want to give another shout out to our sponsors for the series, Women Veteran Alliance, Jay Volbrecht Consulting, Garrett Sorensen with Markham Wealth, Photography by Trish Algrea-Smith, Serve Like Her, and Nomadies Collections. You can learn more about our sponsors at the Girl's Guide to the Military landing page, which I have linked to in the show notes where you can also find every episode from the series. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you'll come back next week.